Welcome back to another episode of the Legionnaire Podcast. I'm your co-host, Will, and I'm joined yet again by my brother and my co-host, Callahan. Greetings. And you say it as like someone new is going to be like, I'm joined by people like, oh, I wonder who's going to be joined by. No, well, it's, it's still me. Hey, I mean, one of these days, maybe we'll get like a guest on or maybe a, a new co-host if one of us is unable to record one day. Yeah, except like you're the audio genius and I'm just I'm just here. It's all in my brain. Nah, I can share the information with you and everything, but who knows? We got we got plans in motion. Yeah, we have plans, but I have a plan. What percent? Twelve percent. It's Guardians of the Galaxy. I was gonna say it's like that sounds like some Peter Quill. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I remember that, but for some reason I do. Yeah, but all right. So we talked about the Snyder Zack Snyder's Justice League on Tuesday, and I completely forgot to talk about one of the bigger things that had happened recently. But AT and T bought Warner Media, and I don't know if you know, like this, a but, cell company. Yeah, like the cell company. <laughs> Who use? Okay, real question. So. Who still uses AT&T besides like grandma and grandpa? I think they are the only people I know who use AT&T. Yeah, I feel like in the order of cell service, it goes Verizon, Sprint, AT&T, and then like T-Mobile. Well, US. well T-Mobile merged with Sprint and US Cellular is somewhere, but I've never. No idea. Yeah, yeah I've never met anybody who using US Cellular. Sorry if you use US Cellular or AT&T. We're kind of dumping on them right now, but like... Yeah. I mean, we use Sprint and our coverage is always spotty, so no cell coverage is perfect. No. Not at no. Especially if you're Sprint. Cell coverage. Cell coverage companies listening to this right now are like... Ah. (laughs) Please, please sponsor us. We're we're sorry. I will rescind anything I said about your cell company if you sponsor us. (laughs) Yeah, if we did get a sponsor. AT&T is great. US Cellular is the greatest thing you can ever buy. (laughs) Regardless. Sorry. So, okay. AT&T has the money somehow to buy. Yeah. um, So they bought Discovery. Yeah, they bought Discovery and Warner Media. And they were a big fan of Zack Snyder's Justice League. And like they're... They've been vocal. I think maybe it was maybe on their Twitter page, but they've been vocal about like directors having like their creative vision and everything. So it leads to it leads me to question then could the Snyderverse actually be restored or at least part of it be restored? Um, I don't know. I because like, dude, I like that dude put up with so much crap like yeah. with the studio. And the thing is like, like yeah, the studio may, like because right now, what like Zack Snyder said, he doesn't even want to do it. He's like, I, he's like, I at this point, I don't even want to like continue it. Like it'd be, it's cool and all, but like I hate dealing with the studio. And like from what it sounds, so like okay, so AT and T is like I guess a parent company which wants them to do it, which so they have to do it. But like he's still working with the same studio, and I don't think he wants to work with Warner Brothers anymore because right now he's got like a deal with Netflix running because he's 
put out Army of the Dead, and he's got like another like movie coming out with. I was because I was doing some Zack Snyder research because I love Zack Snyder. He's such a cool guy, but like apparently he's got like another like Army of the Dead prequel series coming out on Netflix. Like he's like full up with Netflix stuff right now. Yeah, he's got an anime series of like Army of the Dead that's like a prequel to it, and then he also has like I want to say it's King Arthur. He's like a King Arthur movie that he's making as well. Wasn't there one already made? King there Arthur. might have been, but I think he's doing like a twist on it, which I'm not surprised. He usually yeah. adds his own twist to things he did with Watchmen. Yeah. And he's sort of doing it with Justice League as well. But I don't know, because I think I think management might change at Warner Media to where it might be more in Zach's favor. Because, I mean, he's talked about like how he's on the fence with ma- if he gets offered to make two and three justice league two and three because if he gets offered to like make movies i can't imagine that they would offer him more than justice league two and three yeah um i don't know i feel like if he can get ben affleck back i think he'd do it i think if he gets the the two main people is henry cavill and ben affleck because i think henry cavill would do it. i think ben affleck's gonna be the one I think Bennett, like, I, cause, like, cause then Ben Affleck was like, dude, he, like, he hated Batman after he was done with the role. He's like, I hated that. But, like, or maybe he didn't. Maybe I'm making this no, up. But, like, yeah, no. So he hated it after Justice League, after Joss Whedon's Justice League, because of what they made Batman in that movie. And they made him completely laughable as a character. Okay. So, yeah. He, didn't he say he had a lot of fun, like, refilming scenes with Zack Snyder in his driveway? No, yeah, he's like he's talked about how this movie Zack Snyder's Justice League like rejuvenated his love for Batman and how he loves working with Zack. So I I view it as the other way. I feel like Ben Affleck would automatically be on board, but I feel like Henry Cavill is the one who's kind of like uh because he, I don't think he was one of the main uh actors on the Justice League to like tweet out release the Snyder cut because I know I don't remember who the first one is. It might have been Ray Fisher. And then I think it might have been Ben Affleck and then Gal Gadot. And then I don't know what Ezra Miller did. But then I think Henry Cavill is like one of like the last ones like tweeted out. Ezra Miller was punching people in the target. You saw that video of that of Ezra Miller fighting that. I, I think it was a woman because like because Ezra Miller is. Um, I don't I want to use their pronouns. I think Ezra Miller's changed their pronouns to they them. I you could just be, use they them. Just use yeah. They. I'm just gonna use that's the safest that, I don't, one. It's the safest way to go. Because I, I think, and then they like started fighting this lady in like a department store. Yeah, I think I read you've seen. That. Have you seen that video? Like she like walks up to Ezra Miller and is like, "Fight me!" And he's like, then he's like choking her and punching her in a department store, and everybody's like, "What is going on right now?" Yeah, I think I've seen something with Ezra doing that, but I I loved him in this movie, so I'm just. <laughs> I mean, Ben Affleck was an alcoholic and look at him now. So, I mean, people change. Yeah, but because I, okay, I've never heard like, because like Zack Snyder, obviously he's re- like, he's a very polarizing director. People either like, lo- like audiences, like I like love his movies and critics like love to hate his movies. But I have never seen like anything online of an actor saying like they don't like, I think they all like working with Ben Affleck. I've never seen an actor say a negative thing about what, or, wait, not Ben Affleck, um, Zack Snyder. Sorry, my mm-hmm. bad. Yeah, I've never seen an actor say they don't like working with Zack Snyder, which is like really cool to see because like I was watching a video on YouTube the, the other night before bed of like Zack breaking down 
um or it was like the wired asks you know like mm-hmm. wired has yeah like i've seen thing. that where the google where like they uh-huh yeah he pulls the questions back dude you know zach Snyder's a green bay packers fan i did oh my god i'm like how can i how like how can he, i love a guy even more he's like yeah i grew up in green bay it was like i was born in green bay and then he's raised on the east coast it's like i'm a huge packers fan i was like maybe zach snyder can get aaron Rodgers to stay <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i i don't know though i honestly think that he if at&t sort of changes the um the management at warner media i i do think that he might get an offer to make the last two justice league movies because his plan was always to have three i don't i like people like oh we want the whole snyder versus story we want the ben affleck batman movie we want the henry cavill man of steel 2 movie we want this this this. i'm like i i was like i i don't know if all that's gonna happen like it'd be tough for that to happen i could see them just like finishing up justice league two and three and like putting it in its own pocket in the dc universe and then just like it's fulfilled because on i mean yeah it'd be cool to get those movies to like sort of add more character development but honestly if i'm at&t and hbo max like just let him make another five-hour movie and put it on hbo max exactly like what because like dc is trying and like warner brothers is trying too hard to follow mcu like everything in one universe like you you already have a separate like joker universe like yeah start using like different like just like Leave stuff where it wants to be, and like people can figure out what they want to watch. Like, oh, I like Zack Snyder movies, so that's oh, that's another Zack Snyder thing. So I'm gonna watch that. And it's like, oh, that's like you have HBO Max. Like, just start putting stuff on that because we're gonna talk about our most anticipated um, Star Wars show coming to Disney Plus later in this episode. It's like you have a whole streaming service. Like, utilize it. Yeah the the DC multiverse, both the Marvel multiverse and the DC multiverse make like zero sense. But the DC one makes more sense to me. Mm-hmm. because like of like well at least the new 52 did i don't know what the hell they did with rebirth or if they did anything after rebirth but i i don't get why they yeah just don't like create their movies in like their own pocket because i we talked about it in an earlier one with uh black superman maybe being on earth 2 and ben uh robert pattinson's batman being on earth 2 is confirmed so it's just like i i don't know yeah, it's always, it never ends well, like when people say everything's going to be connected right away before like setting up a good ground story. Yeah, so. I don't know. I hope that he gets offered just League Twin three. I think that's the I honestly think that's probably what happened. And I could see AT&T and Warner Media and HBO Max just being like, you can make like a four or five hour movie again, because I if it's a good movie and like things are actually explained to their if he's able to explain things like it's full potential and like what he actually had intended, I'd be like, okay, this is fine. Then I don't feel like I'm getting shortchanged or I'm missing out on any elements because the only thing that we really missed from Zack Snyder's justice league was green lantern. But I mean, they swapped it out with Martian Manhunter. So it was like sort of potato, tomato, but did you really just do potato, tomato? Yeah. Caleb says it all the time. So now I start saying it. My God. Yeah, but yeah but, I, I agree with you. Um, but yeah, that's some of the news with the Warner Media. I me- I meant to talk about it on Tuesday, but we'll talk about it today just briefly. Mm-hmm. But you want to share the other big news? Or you said it was old news, but yeah, I saw on Instagram because well, Dave Filoni has been like um, his position on StarWars.com or Lucasfilm wherever has been 
updated to executive producer, creative director of all things Star Wars, which is Will and I openly profess our love for Dave Filoni as do most hardcore Star Wars fans. So if you don't know who Dave Filoni is, Dave Filoni is basically like the heir apparent to George Lucas. Yeah. Um, so like he worked, he's been working with George Lucas for, he started, I think after Revenge of the Sith, because I remember an interview of him, like he's like, he was super nerd. Like he's like, he loved Revenge of the Sith and he had like all of this, these thoughts on, what the Jedi were, blah, 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 blah. Like he's a really deep thinker. He's a, he's a big storyteller. Dave Filoni was a, I think a key producer and creator in Avatar, the last airbender, which is one of the great, widely acclaimed animated show. Um, he started, yeah. After revenge of the Sith and he worked on the new clone wars show with George the entire time. So like, he's been under, he's like, George like took him under his wing and like Dave is like, right he's like the the god of like star wars media like he is our kevin feige mm-hmm. uh, but apparently like this was i saw on instagram so like take over the grain of salt it could, could be completely or maybe i saw it on reddit i can't remember where but like it's like someone said he was promoted like last summer and they just updated this recently and i was like i don't know i feel like i mean it could be true but like regardless like it's cool to see because like this man is finally getting the respect he deserves yeah, it's it's well deserved at this point because oh my God, yeah. he made the Clone Wars. He made Rebels, which, again, I wasn't the biggest fan of, but I mean, people like it. And there is there are good episodes of Rebels, but mm-hmm. he made Clone Wars. He made Rebels. He made the Mandalorian. And then all of the new Disney Plus shows, he sort of like has a hand in it. So and there's like 10 new Star Wars Disney Plus shows being made. So it's like it's it's hard to not give this guy credit for Star Wars success, especially with everyone being like, oh, Disney Star Wars sucks. It's like, well, you wouldn't be getting a lot of the things that we're getting now. Like Mando, you wouldn't be getting that without Dave. Bad Batch, you wouldn't be getting that without Dave. Star Wars, The Clone Wars Season 7, you would not be getting that without Dave. And another cool thing with The Clone Wars Season 7 is that, like, because George at that point wasn't working for Lucasfilm anymore because he had signed the rights over to Disney and he sort of just, like, stepped away. But... That was for season seven of the Clone Wars. Seasons one through six, Dave and George made together. So they were like were like very close in contact with one another. But when season seven came out, I had read something saying that George still gives Dave calls after he watches the episode, like talking about what he likes and what he doesn't like. I was like, it's kind of cool that like he still like talks to him about like the show that they made together. Yeah, it's really like a master and apprentice relationship. It's like yeah. super cool to see. Yeah, because I don't think Dave, like, I think he still looks at George sort of as his mentor and he doesn't view himself better than him at all. So well, Dave's a really humble guy. Like, if you see yeah. him in any interview, he's just like this, like, really nice, quiet, mild mannered guy. He's like, hey, yeah, I'm yeah. a cowboy hat and I really like Star Wars. Let me tell you something about the mythology behind the force and why Anakin is. He's yeah, he goes on like these beautiful, lengthy lectures about like why this character is does this and like the mythology and he's he knows so much so but he's made all the he's made such great shows and such great original characters like captain rex ahsoka and the bad batch the list goes on but speaking of the bad batch it's friday today oh yeah i just watched this episode (laughs) very recently when did you I watch it? This mor- yeah, I watched it this morning because I kind of forgot. I got back home and mm-hmm. I was like, oh, shoot, 
it was an episode of the bad batch because i was gonna take a nap yeah and i was like oh man but we're on episode this is four four episode four yeah, it's called four. cornered i realize we should start like calling like the episode title because if people go back and listen to this they're gonna be like what episode of the bad batch are they talking about yeah cornered somebody's in a corner not really but like well i guess that little pig pig guy was yeah he kind of got cornered but i like did you like the episode um so this is where it gets tough because i thought it was good but i wouldn't i'd say it's probably my one of my lesser favorites of the bad batch so far yeah i i agree it's like it's a good like it's it's more it's like an action episode like a chase yeah. mm-hmm. um i i enjoyed it not to say i didn't enjoy it but i think of all of them definitely not my favorite but yeah i'd say the second one and this one are kind of like very t- yeah yeah tied for like being towards the bottom which isn't to say that like i didn't like them because i still enjoyed it but what was the second one is that the one with uh cut cut and run yeah okay what was what, like what happened in the third one then uh crosshair oh yeah 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 dude the first yeah the first one it's kind of hard to come, come yeah with a that- next to a 70 minute episode it's impossible yeah. to go ahead of that but so this episode started out i mean it was cool with uh seeing the bad batch like trying to still cope with the uh republic falling and trying to find their place in the galaxy and we find out where they're going now they're going to a planet i think it's called or it's pronounced Ida floor. I think that's how you pronounce it, but it was cool because they said that they're going to go there and just sort of set base there and not go anywhere. And Omega was like, what? I've been on Camino my whole life and now we're going to another planet just to spend the rest of our days there. It's like, are you not like, do you do you not realize that like the empire hates you and like is chasing you? <laughs> well, it's tough because I mean, she's a kid, so she doesn't yeah. understand that at all. And like, you see more of her, uh, child i don't want i don't want to say childish in a bad way but you see more of her like she's a kid kid. yeah you see her you you see the difference between her being a kid and hunter being like a grown matured adult adult. yeah so even though he's probably like two years old yeah honestly they're the clone wars lasted what three years four years um yeah it's not a lot it was not a long war no not nearly as long as the galactic civil war no yeah no but yeah he's got to be like three years old maybe Mm -hmm. physically Um, exactly but regardless yeah um it's so pantora that so yeah they were like they wanted to stop off at pantora to like get supplies and yada yada yada. they had Mm -hmm. to change the um what did they have to change on the ship it was oh the signature key because like they're being they're being tracked by the empire bounty hunters or something not track, but like there, there's like a wanted, like their ship is wanted. Like there's like a notice out for their ship. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. When they said Pantora, I was like, I was like typing something in the show notes and like, I looked, I was like, did they just say Pandora from Avatar? Like Avatar. The people movie. <laughs> yeah. I do not like that movie. Really? Oh, oh we sucks. can talk about that later. Uh, but I would, I prefer it if we didn't. 
it's fine. We don't have to. Because <laughs> <laughs> they said Pan, they said Pan. I thought they said Pandora, and then they said Pantora again. I'm like Pantera, like the band, and then they're like Pantora, and I'm like, oh, okay. So not not the metal band, and not the Blue People Planet movie. Well, my question is, where the hell are they coming up with the names? It's like Idaflor, Pantora. Like, you guys are just pulling names out left and right. This is crazy. Well, Dave's probably got an answer. Dave can tell us. It's prob- It probably exists in the canon somewhere, and I'm just yeah. not knowing of this. So, Did you know Christian Harloff has a planet named after him? Um, I did not. Yeah, it's Harloff Minor. He's in like a book. It's in a oh. book. It's like, yeah, Harloff Minor. I was like, oh, how about that? That's cool. I know Obi-Wan and Jon Stewart are like Stooge. Obi-Wan is from the planet like Stooge John. Yeah. Yeah. And then Wobani from Rogue One is Obi-Wan just mixed around. Oh, yeah. Wobani. Sorry. People are like, these guys are just running on tangents right now. It's our podcast. We can do whatever we want. Well, the people who actually know what we're talking about are like, hell yeah. Yeah. Shout out. Shout out the real ones. Exactly. But so... We get to Pantora and the Bad Batch has to change their signature key. That was, yeah, it was a signature key. Something like that. Yeah. Because, um, there's, yeah, there's a quote that I want to talk about from that later. Yeah. Um, But we then see a familiar person who's sort of looking for this wanted ship and this wanted person on the ship. Yeah. Um. So for those of you who've watched Mandalorian um fennec shand makes her reappearance in the bad batch so though you don't remember who fennec shand is fennec shand is in the first season of the mandalorian um she's uh in the episode in season one where um mando goes back to tatooine and he meets up with discount super discount han solo um and they got a hunter down because like they got to get the credits blah 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 long story short she quote unquote dies um but then boba fett saves her spoiler alert sorry you should probably know that by now if you're listening to a podcast like this and you haven't seen the mandalorian i'm kind of questioning like maybe they're watching it chronologically yeah they could be because you said reappearance but technically this is her first appearance no this is not her first appearance her first appearance is in the mandalorian chronologically this is her yeah well i'm saying chronologically this is her first appearance okay well if someone's watching the star wars chronologically they're gonna have to wait a long time until they get to watch episodes four five and six they got seven seasons of clone wars probably one full season of bad batch at least exactly so regardless she is uh, and then she's in season two of the mandalorian she's working with boba fett and then they help mando but and she'll be in the book of boba fett later in december when that comes out yeah so she shows up and or because when the bad batch land on pantora they talk to, I swear to God, every planet, like any person lands on a Star Wars, the ship, like the shipyard guy is always like ratting them out to whoever's in charge that's looking for him. Like they land and they're like, oh yeah, don't run our signature keys. Like, okay. They hand him some credits because Wrecker's like, Wrecker is like, I, he, I, cause you and I both, when he first appeared in season seven of the cloners, you and I were both like, I can't stand Wrecker. He's stupid. He's annoying. But he has really come to like, he has really grown on me. He's really funny now. Like I, yeah. like I think they like established like what his humor should be and like how he should be used because like, so they land in this like docking bay and the docking bay attendant guy comes out and, um, Riker's like, Hey, don't run our signature key. 
Or I'll, like he's like threatening the guy, and the guy's like, "Oh, maybe I won't." And he's like, "Really? Awesome!" And then he like Parker just turns <laughs> yeah. around to walk away. And yeah. The guy's like, "He's like, well, well, I might, maybe if you you persuade me." And Parker turns around, and he's like, "What?" <laughs> he texts like, <laughs> "I think he's trying." And then like. And the guy's like, hmm, if only you had something for me. And then Wrecker turns to Tech. He's like, I think he wants us to give him money. <laughs> yeah, I love Wrecker. He's so funny at this point. Like, he was dumb kind of in season seven of The Clone Wars. I was like, eh, but he's so funny now. Like, I yeah. actually enjoy him. He so, hit his head. Actually, this is, uh, this might be a little early to talk about, but he hit his head again this episode. Um, his inhibitor chip's gonna go off. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a bit when he his head gets hit. But yeah, we're still trying to t- we're still trying to explain why Fennec Shan's in the episode. Yeah, but we'll get. Yeah, she just has a bounty on Omega. Omega. Yeah, but it's it's interesting because when she first finds Omega, like with Hunter, and they're going off to get supplies while they're on Pantora. Uh, they get uh, she gets separated from Hunter because she's doing kid stuff and sees like this animal and she's, she's never seen an animal some... before. So she yeah, she's never seen yeah she's never seen any of these things like from the planet. So of course she's gonna be surprised to like see it and try and understand it better. But so she gets separated from Hunter and then she spends some time with Fennec because Fennec is like, oh, are you lost? And Fennec was like being weirdly nice to her, which I was like. Hmm. Usually bounty hunters aren't this nice to like. Well, it's like child abduction. This is I was watching like this is like legitimately like we are watching child abduction in front of our eyes. Yeah, I I knew that like she was just trying to use Omega to get the bounty and she was just trying to sort of lower her guard a little bit, which she had already done fairly well. But then Mm -hmm. Hunter finally realizes Omega is gone. I need to find her. And yeah. Then, I mean, obviously Omega would trust Hunter more than some random lady that she doesn't know is a bounty hunter, but she stranger danger. Out. Nobody taught Omega stranger danger. Yeah, honestly. But we also see uh, sort of, we see Echo sort of play like a robot sort of this episode. Yeah, he plays a droid. He's like they go because they have to go into town to get supplies and they're trying to sell they're trying to sell one of their bombs to this guy who's got like he's in like they're in like an antique store and hunter's like you should really buy this bomb it's really good <laughs> the guy's like this is not a black market arms store <laughs> it, it's like and then he's like well i'll give you money for that droid and echo's like hey wait a minute he's like and hunter's like we have to we need the money you could just leave later we'll give you the signal and then he can just leave he's like Okay, but I am worth way more than 2,000 credits. Yeah, because he offers him 2,000 credits for Echo, and he's like, I am worth at least 4,000. The guy's like, I'll buy him for 3,000. And they pawn him off. So funny. He's just like, he's like, God dang it. I was like, damn, Echo's probably just punching the air right now. He's got sold for 3,000 credits. Punching the air with his screwdriver. Yeah, honestly. But it was just cool seeing how he's. They had mentioned in the first episode how the Echo is more machine now than man. So I was like, oh, that's kind of cool showing him being like a robot sort of in air quotes. Cyborg, buddy. Cyborg. But 
Then the Bad Batch like sort of gets engaged in combat with Fennec. And this is what we were talking about earlier. Wrecker is the first one to engage in combat with her after Hunter gets Omega back. And Fennec is like, I need this bounty. So she keeps looking for Omega and she runs into Wrecker. And they sort of like have like a very short combat scene. But Wrecker gets like hit into some pipe and it like bonks his head. And immediately when I saw that, I was like, oh, no, please don't tell me that his inhibitor chip is going to start acting up right now or something. Yeah. Dude is like also like one concussion away from like not being able to spell his name anymore. (laughs) Honestly, we might either be like completely wrong with this theory where his inhibitor chip will go off or it's, we're just, it's easy to predict. Listen, you and I were dead on with this Luke Skywalker prediction in Mandalorian season two. Everybody said it wasn't going to happen. And you and I from the start were like, Luke Skywalker is going to show up in the show and it's not going to be anybody else. And everybody's like, what if it's Mace Windu? And you and I are like, you are all dumb. (laughs) Respectfully, you are all stupid. If you think anybody besides Luke Skywalker is showing up and who showed up in the end, it was Luke freaking Skywalker. So I think we are on to something with this inhibitor chip because he's like showing and he's like, oh, my head hurts. Oh, my head hurts. And he's slamming his head into pipes in the underground maintenance tunnels. So... Well, yeah, I was going to say, do you want to talk about this Luke Skywalker thing real quick right now? Because in season two of the Mando, we were like, oh, yeah, when they were trying to find a Jedi and we knew it wasn't going to be Ahsoka because it was already halfway through the season. We're like, Ahsoka wouldn't like reappear. She was yeah. already there. We already, we already saw Ahsoka. Yeah. So we knew it wasn't going to be her. But when they when Ahsoka had said to her, oh, put Grogu on the seeing stone and someone will reach out to him you and I are like the most obvious choice is Luke Skywalker because he's looking for Jedi at this point in the timeline. And he's the most powerful. He's arguably the most powerful Jedi ever. So if it's anybody besides him, it's like, yeah, what like, it's tr- like, he was trying to build a temple at that point in time and find apprentices. So it's like, that would make the most sense. But for some reason, the entire star Wars community was like, it's Mace Windu. It's Cal Kestis. It's someone else. And I was like, where are we getting these theories from right now <laughs> you, you and i had like i swear to god it was like every three days one of us would text each other was like people still really believe luke skywalker is not about to show up in this sorry we are on like a complete left field tangent right now i'm sorry if anybody is frustrated with this but like we need to get this out there like we had been saying this for month because like mando was like came over however many months but like we were like why is nobody saying luke skywalker people said like luke skywalker's like oh they're not gonna they're not they're gonna do that they're not gonna do that. like it's going to be this like insert random Jedi we saw for like five seconds in some movie. And we're like, that doesn't make any sense. Right now. <laughs> I was so annoyed because people were like, it's actually going to be Cal Kestis from uh, he's from a video game called Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, which is a great video game. But I was like, no, it's not going to be him because that would just completely ruin what's going to happen with him in the second game. And I people are saying Mace Windu, and I was like, why is this not just like a unanimous thing right now? It's Luke Skywalker. Why do people still think Mace Windu's still alive? He got barbecued and chucked out a window. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he showed back up, honestly. Oh, my. Well, this is a we can have this conversation at a later point because everybody knows how the, the, all of the internet knows how I feel about Mace Windu now. Yeah, but so we might either be like dead wrong with this theory of Wrecker and his inhibitor chip acting up, or we're hitting the nail on the head. I think we're hitting the nail on the head. I think we're the canary in the gold mine right now. 
Yeah. But so after they engage in after Wrecker gets his head bonked and sort of gets knocked out from Fennec, uh, Omega like ends up in this uh, maintenance tower, which I this was like my favorite line from the episode. I thought (laughs) I thought it was super funny. But so tech is like looking through the security cameras and listening to the uh, security tapes from the police of the planet. And they're trying to find Omega while she's running away from Fennec. And Hunter's like, do you have a location on our tech? And Texas Hunter, he's like, Omega is hanging from a maintenance tower in the sky. And Hunter is immediately like, hanging? And I was just like, yeah, tech kind of just said that with no emotion that she was hanging from the sky. And Hunter was like, I'm sorry, what? I thought it was obvious. Yeah, but I just thought that was like a funny little... Because, I mean... Not to say that the other members of the Bad Batch don't care about her, but I mean, I think we see how much Hunter and her have like sort of bonded yeah. with one another. It's like it's really it's very, very Mando Grogu vibes. I mean, she's had like a fair she's had a moment with um Hunter. She's had a moment with Wrecker with his room. But I'm still sort of waiting to see like Echo and Tech sort of get like a good wholesome scene with her. Yeah. I think they might. I think if anything, we're going to see more of Hunter and Omega mm-hmm. just be, like to build that even more. So like at the point, cause I know it's going to happen. She's going to get taken. I mean, like yeah. she's going to get taken at some point or they're going to have to like separate with her. Yeah. And like, Something's it's going to be tough. Where, yeah. Yeah. They're going to have to get her back. So, but, um, they had, there's a really cool chase scene too. It was very reminiscent of attack of the clones. Mm hmm. Like the bounty, like chasing the bounty or the bounty hunter was chasing, you know, they were chasing the bounty hunter. And then the bounty um, hunter was chasing them. Yeah, exactly. And this one is reverse bounty hunters chasing them. It was really cool. Yeah. Just of Fennec trying to get Omega back and Hunter and was trying like doing these cool maneuver tricks in the alleyways with his speeder bike. And all the speeders are making the same noises as the speeders from Attack of the Clones. I don't know if you mm-hmm. noticed that, but like I was like listening. It's like I'm like, oh, this is because the speeder that Fennec was flying made the exact same noise as the speeder Anakin lifted from whichever parking lot he was in. Yeah. Um. What was the thing that Anakin flew through? Was a power cut? He didn't fly through. <laughs> Anakin, how many times have I told you? Stay yeah. away from power coupling. Yeah, they just fly through this electric field. I was, I'd been cool if they, they did that, dude. The funniest part about that was like she shot like the power coupling, and they had a solid like five seconds for them to, to like just and fly around. And Anakin's just like, we're oh, going like looks at him, and Anakin's just like sitting there driving. It's like, oh my lord. Well then. <laughs> Yeah, I'll save that again to talk about for episode two. And we we'll set we'll set aside a podcast to talk about the prequels in one, the original trilogy in one, the sequels in one. But we'll save Dude, that. We're gonna laugh so hard during the prequels one because uh, like, we love the prequels. But oh man, there's some oh man, oh comical man, oh man. things. <laughs> but the chase scene ends. They get away from Fennec, and sh- they fly away with their ship. Um, I what. Well, they got they fixed the the signature key, was it right? Yeah, yeah. Because um, my favorite line from the like when the point I like burst out laughing in my room like like you something really has to be funny for when you're watching a TV show by yourself to like audibly laugh at something. 
it was um so tech and wrecker are working on the ship to like pull out the signature key to change it so like they can't their ship can't be identified and like because like their ship is flagged right now so like they're opening the back part of the ship in texas the signature key should be below the rear parallax inverter and while he's saying this record's like yeah yeah yeah. just tell me what i need to pull out right now (laughs) he's like like, yeah tell me what i need to rip out of the ship right now yeah i i love wrecker i just think he's like actually very comical now yeah he's just like a meat he's just a big meathead i think that he's just like like uh, he's like a big cuddly meathead yeah he's he's so wholesome too like with the whole crew of bad batch like hunter not hunter uh wrecker's like the definition of like what you see is what you get sort of exactly yeah he's just like like he's all up front and he's just like so lovable like i don't i don't know how you can't love him yeah but um fennec then the episode ends sort of where fennec uh talks on the comms to someone she's like i don't remember what she said but she's like keep your i'll find them so I don't think we saw the end of Fennec because it sounds like she's going to keep looking for Omega and keep looking for the signature key for the ship. You know, who I think has the bounty out on Omega. Uh, is it the Cameron Owens? Oh, well, I, th- I guess that was pretty obvious. I thought I was going to say something. And be like, Oh, that was really cool. And it's like, well, it's kind of obvious. It's probably the Cameron Owens because I don't think the Empire cares. No, I mean, you know what would be cool, though, if um, if Boba Fett showed up uh okay so how old is boba fett at this time he's probably he's I don't, pre mid-teens early 20s he's, yeah he's probably like 18 dude when is okay so is cad bane dead at this point in the timeline i think he's technically dead i hope he isn't i really hope he is because he was supposed to die in like the like there was like storyboards like there's a like visual made of like Boba Fett and Cad Bane in a shootout and like Cad mm-hmm. Bane dies, but that's how Boba Fett gets a dent in his helmet. But like they say they like are they treat those episodes as canon, but it's like if Cat do okay. Do you think Cad Bane's gonna show up in the Bad Batch at any point? I would love it if he did because Cad Bane is my favorite bounty. He's the top, best. He's like top two bounty hunter. It's top- him and Django Fett. And like yeah. sorry, Boba Fett, you kind of suck at bounty hunting. Well, Mando Boba Fett is He's okay, yeah. raised himself up a lot. But he's not bounty hunting at that point. No. But so as a I, bounty hunter, Boba Fett sucks. <laughs> no, yeah. He's drunk half the time. So but I swear, if, I, I would be so happy if Cad Bane showed up, but he another character that Dave Filoni created, he, he doesn't like get like a whole lot of development, but he's just such a dope, badass character because the way his uh top his voice, voice. Yeah, and he, just his outfit with his coat and his big uh, cowboy western hat. It's like, he kind of reminds me of like a western sheriff, sort of. Just like the way it's dressed up. He's an outlaw. Yeah. he's. I, he, I don't think he's a sheriff. I think he's an outlaw. I, I'll have to talk about this again on another podcast. But I had like an idea for um, like a cool bounty hunter storyline. But I'll... Listen, we got... I, I told you. I got... We, we can talk about that next week when we... Well, I don't want to give. I don't want to give it away right now. We're ruin the surprise. Lucasfilm hire us. We could write stories for you, dude. We could write some kill killer stories. If any of you know how to get in contact with Dave or anyone else at Lucasfilm, <laughs> hey, if any of our twenty-ish listeners know how to get us in contact or get us a job, let yeah. us know. Send us an email: legionairepodcast at gmail dot com. Speaking of um, money. That was a great time to 
talk about our sponsor for this episode. All right. Welcome back. Welcome back. <laughs> our, our transitions into those are like, it's like, hey, this is remotely related to our sponsor. So here you go. <laughs> yeah, I was getting complaints about it. So I thought that was a perfect time to do it. But so we just talked about one of the Disney Plus shows, Bad Batch, that's currently coming out. But there are a lot more Disney Plus shows that were announced. There, I think there was a total of 10, maybe. Yeah. Well, so 10, but minus one because we're watching the Bad Batch as it's coming out right now. Um, sorry, I'm I'm Googling. I just I just did a quick Google search. So Mandalorian season three is coming out, so that's one. The Cassian Andor show is coming out, the Obi-Wan Kenobi show is coming out, the Ahsoka show is coming out, Rangers of the New Republic probably is coming out. The Acolyte is coming out. The Lando series potentially might come out. So that's seven. Mm-hmm. Confirmed. I, Plus the Bad Batch is eight. And then and then they had a Visions. couple movies. Yeah, Visions is coming out. And then there's, yeah, the Rogue Squadron movie. They're Which the, is... That's going to be sweet. I think that's going to be pretty dope. I was, I'm slightly concerned about that with how Wonder Woman uh, 82 went. 84. But 84. Is it 84? Whoops. Yeah. I don't know. I trust Patty Jenkins because what she described it as, like, this is going to be like Top Gun and Star Wars. I'm like, sign me up. <laughs> yeah. We'll have to, again, we'll have to talk about that at a later point. But we, I want to talk about our top three most anticipated Disney plus Star Wars shows. Yes. But coincidentally, you and I both have. We both, we knew right away before we even started writing our list, we knew that we had the same number one show that we were both most excited for. And given that we're going to talk about this one the most, I think it'd just be best if we knocked it out of the park yeah. right now. And that oh. is obviously, obviously the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. I don't know if you were. I don't know if you wanted me to say that or if you were going to say that. <laughs> no, I was going to try and pull a fast one and be like the Lando show. No, that show's not happening. <laughs> I think it is. I don't we'll think say again. We'll later save that for a different time yeah. to talk about. We'll talk about episode. maybe at the end of the. We'll t- maybe we'll talk about it later this episode after we're done talking about this. But to no surprise, Will and I are bouncing off the walls for the Obi Wan Kenobi show. This show, oh my lord! The show first off wasn't even supposed to be a show. It was supposed to be a movie. I'm so glad it's a show because it gives us more like the Snyder cut is a perfect example. Like people like say like, Oh, but star Wars is a movie. It's a movie. It's like, you can tell so much more like Christian Harloff has been ranting about this for like years now. He's like, star Wars is perfect for TV because you can tell longer stories and get better character development. Yada, yada, yada. It's like more Obi-Wan screen time is better. It's like, nobody can tell me otherwise. Well, would you rather have because we've seen now with Mando as it was currently it currently right now is the most expensive show that's been produced. Lord of the Rings season one has taken over that role now being like five hundred million dollars to produce season one. That's absurd. But, yeah, it's a crazy <laughs> amount. That's absurd. But so you see how much money that uh, Disney and Lucasfilm is like shelling out for these shows. If Mando was like 15 to $20 million per episode and Obi-Wan is like the golden child of star Wars. Like, yeah, I, you would, 
it would be impossible to find someone who does not like the character Obi-Wan. So what would you rather have a six episode series with Obi-Wan where it follows predominantly only him because it's confirmed that this is a limited series and it's only six episodes or do you rather have one movie that's two hours? I'd rather have a six episode series. That's probably going to take up six hours of showtime instead of a two hour movie. I don't know if it's going to be six. I bet it'll be somewhere between the 30 and 45 minute range. So I think, I think we're at least guaranteed four. You think it's going to be, you, you think I think it'll be at be least, hours? I think it'll at least be each episode will at least be 50 minutes long. Looking at how captain captain America and the winter soldier was yeah. the, like the shortest episode for that was like 52 minutes. And the first episode of that was predominantly filler and just exposition. Yeah. We. You're right. I, I really. Oh, think yeah. Because Mando. Yeah. I was thinking about it in terms of Mando. You're right. Yeah. No, I think because. So the reason that I want to talk about this Obi-Wan show first also is because I got a lot of hate from some friends of mine after we did our top 10 most powerful Jedi list. And I got some hate having Obi-Wan being number one. Everyone was like, you're dumb, you're dumb. So I just want to take a quick moment to talk about this and why I am not dumb for putting Obi-Wan at one. I thought we weren't doing power. Like, I thought we were doing like ideals of a Jedi. Well, ideal slash powers, like sort of Yeah, okay. Because like those sort of coincide when like you're trying to be a Jedi. Because I mean you can't be powerful if like you're clouded with your judgment and everything. So exactly. But so I got a little uh, lash. I would th- I don't know what I'm trying to say. Backlash. I got some backlash from some got people. Some lash. I got some lash. But, um, <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. But I just want to get this out of the way first. Anakin had said uh, he had said this about Obi Wan. He said. Obi-Wan is a great mentor. He's as wise as Master Yoda and powerful as Master Windu. I'm sorry, but like if the chosen one is saying Obi-Wan is as wise as Master Yoda and as powerful as Master Windu. Probably pretty powerful. He's probably pretty powerful. And not to mention that Obi-Wan defeated Anakin in combat. Exactly. (laughs) In round one. My we'll we'll get to round two in a bit, but round, round one well, round two is going to be in the Obi Wan Kenobi series in this series. I, that's that's why I said we'll save oh, it I for thought like, I, oh I thought sorry God, I thought we were talking I thought you said round two like in a new home. Sorry, I kind of no. biffed that for you. I'm sorry. Yeah, you did. But so <laughs> Qui Gon had Qui Gon had also said uh, in the Phantom Menace to Obi Wan. He said, "You're a much wiser man than I am, and I foresee you'll become a great Jedi Knight." Which again is all true. Obi-Wan is one of the greatest Jedi Knights that we've seen in the Star Wars canon. So it's like, I, I, those are two quotes from two of like the goat Jedi. So it's like, I don't Qui-Gon know. Qui-Gon what... is the greatest Jedi of all time. Yeah. And yeah, that's how you view it. So I'm not going to say you're wrong, but like, I don't get, I don't get how, well, I can't argue the points you made last week about Qui-Gon being one. I can't argue with those at all because you're completely right. Before you go on, and I, I know you have a really good thing to say next, the Four Center podcast with Ken Napsack and uh, Joseph Scrimshaw, they also said they had a podcast release yesterday, like, is Qui-Gon Jinn the greatest Jedi Knight? And I'm like, I've been, I'm like, I'm like, I have been, <laughs> I was ahead of the curve on this one. <laughs> I was like, freak, I was listening to it today and they're like, yeah, we were like, we've been really thinking about this. I'm like, yes, everybody's on my side now. So, sorry, I just, I wanted to toot my own horn there for a second, but you go on. You're like the Qui Gon Jinn of podcasts. We we are we are the Qui Gon Jinn of podcasts. We are, but I just don't. Anakin saying that 
Obi-Wan is a great mentor and he's as wise as Master Yoda and powerful as Master Windu. Mace Windu is like one of the strongest Jedi just from like a combat perspective. The way he fights is just mm-hmm. brute force and brute strength. Anakin is has the most potential with the force, but we don't really see him use it that wisely throughout the series. So it's like it's difficult for me to put him at number one, but I don't get how Obi-Wan can't be number one. But so with the Obi-Wan Kenobi show, we're going to get a little more character development. And the show takes place 10 years after Revenge of the Sith, after he fought um, Anakin on Mustafar, which yet again, I think there's why I think each episode will be at least 50 minutes long because this is 10 years later. And there's a lot of like development that you can do with Obi-Wan with his PTSD and everything yeah. that's happened since Revenge of the Sith. Mustafar Vietnam flashbacks. <laughs> Honestly. It's it's crazy because I they've like changed it a couple times. I think they said eight years, but now I think it's officially ten years. But it's between the eight to ten years, regardless. Yeah, it's before it's a quite a period of time before A New Hope, and it's quite a period of time after Revenge of the Sith. It's like at the halfway point, but I feel like each episode has to be at least fifty minutes long because I, there's so much you can tell with Obi Wan's character and. It's not just his character alone because we have Hayden Christensen, Anakin Skywalker returning as Darth Vader. It's his first. Um, well, I guess it's technically his second because he was in Rise of Skywalker doing a voice for Rey when she was like with all the Jedi for that one moment. But this is Hayden's return to Star Wars in a physical form. And he's playing Darth Vader. And Kathleen Kennedy had said that. Obi-Wan and Vader will face again, and she called it the rematch of the century. That's this. Okay. You and I <clears throat> are like some of the only like adults. Well, we're not some of the only ones, but like we've watched the um, Galaxy Star Wars Galaxy of Adventures on YouTube. It's on the Star Wars Kids YouTube channel. So just bear with us while we talk about this. Don't completely turn us off. I think we're complete nerds they have like so they've like galaxy of adventures has like just a quick like rundown of what it is it's like it takes events from the movies and it like turns into like anime style like cartoon they have the battle between obi-wan and anakin and it is absolute fire with this animation style so when she says rematch of the century i'm just thinking like this samurai showdown mm-hmm. between obi-wan and vader and they're just like going ham because now like because it's not like when it wasn't a new hope where like it was they're clunky like mm-hmm. oh shoot i almost knocked my microphone over but they're like the clunky um two hand and they're like sh- shuffling around and vader's helmet's yeah. about to fall off and yeah it's it's not going to be like super slow but it's also not going to be what we got in revenge of the sith where it's like we're swinging super fast we're doing all these crazy things it's going to be like a blend in between i feel like because I mean, Obi-Wan's aged and Vader is, I mean, Anakin Vader is now like in his suit. Yeah. It'll be more reserved fighting, I think. No. Yeah. But I think, like you said, it'll be more of like the samurai, like sort of how his fight with Maul went, where it was more like tactical and sort of mind. Yeah. It wasn't just like we're swinging at each other. It was like planned attacks. There's going to be some serious Dave like insights into the scene after it comes out. Oh, hundred percent. But we also like one of the major reasons that 
this series is warranted and why I think it's going to be great is because in A New Hope, there's still so much story to tell with Obi-Wan because Vader says to Obi-Wan in A New Hope, he's like, I've been waiting for you, Obi-Wan. We meet again at last. When I left you, I was but the learner. Now I am the master. So it's like, well, you still have room to work with this stuff because like, yeah, in Revenge of the Sith, Obi-Wan was the master and Anakin was the learner, but it's like, we still haven't seen vader slash anakin like take that step up to becoming the master and as obi-wan says only a master of evil darth so it's like we still have yet to see this so i that fits in the timeline as well yeah and another like another thing quote from the original trilogies in return of the jedi when luke's on endor with vader and they're on like the like little atat platform they're talking and he's like he's like father you can turn back to the light i can feel it inside you let go of your hate Invader says Obi Wan once thought as you did. When did he say that? He like Obi. The last time we saw, like in the movies, Obi Wan saw Anakin. He had cut his arm and his legs off, and he watched him get cooked alive on <laughs> the banks of Musfar, and he left him for dead. He didn't like try to save him. He's like, I'm here to kill you. Mm-hmm. But like, he didn't kill. Like he like he's like he probably. I mean, Anakin looked dead, but like. <laughs> Dude had no arms, one arm, but that was a robot arm, no legs, and he would just burn to a marshmallow. So, yeah, Obi-Wan doesn't know that he survived and became Darth Vader. So it's like he has to come to that realization that this is Anakin, but he's now Darth Vader. And he th- he's like, I can I, I can turn him back. Like, I, I need to try to turn him back one time because yeah. like he's obviously like it's obviously going to be eating him up the entire time. He's basically like in quarantine on Tatooine because. Yeah, well, he's he's only waiting. He's just there to protect Luke. So and I feel like if he's like thinks he's like, if I can turn Anakin back, then I don't need to be here to protect. Like if yeah. Luke's going to be safe, if Anakin's turned, because if, if Anakin any- turns, they could take down the emperor. Easy peasy. Yeah, but. I mean, so now that we're talking about Luke, you want to talk about possible cameos and appearances that we think are going to happen in the Kenobi show? Oh, boy. This man just like this man just like can't get away from this podcast. But I think a big cameo that's going to show up is uh, Qui-Gon Jinn, because for those who don't know, um, Qui-Gon Jinn was the first I I think we talked I think I talked about it in my top. 10 Jedi list, but Qui-Gon was the first Jedi to learn the power of becoming a force ghost and achieve like, I guess, eternal consciousness or something like that. He did like the, the trial with the seven sisters of the force. Um, and I, and we both think it's pretty much guaranteed because in the clone wars, Qui-Gon appears to Obi-Wan on Mortis. And for those who don't know, Mortis is like this force planet, extra dimensional like place mm-hmm. with the father, the, son and the daughter it's like where the force is it's a conduit for the force it's like where all the power of the force like sort of is at its peak exactly so that's why qui-gon like didn't get far enough into his training with the seven sisters to manifest a physical appearance but he has like a voice but i think he does have a maybe he can manifest a physical appearance because i know in from a certain point of view of a certain point of view a new hope that's a book written the of entire entirely of the uh, oh my god sorry this is i'm just tripping over all of my words here but this book is written it takes a new hope and it takes every major event in a, new, in a new hope and like written from a different character's perspective so like the cantina scene is written from a different character's perspective of watching this all go down mm-hmm. um and when luke leaves after they find the jaw the slaughtered jaw was and he runs home 
there's a point of view from Obi-Wan. So when Luke leaves, he's like, I can't do this. And then he hears Qui-Gon say, he'll be back or something like he'll be fine. And he turns around and he's, he's talking to Qui-Gon the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, so Qui-Gon has shown it shows up in the book as a force ghost. So I think it's almost guaranteed he shows up in this TV show as a force ghost. Well, it's hard to imagine that he wouldn't because like he did show up in on Mortis as a force ghost and the mm-hmm. force is stronger there, but they've done things like they sort of like retconned what they've said previously. So I wouldn't be surprised if Qui-Gon did show up as like a physical form and a force ghost as Obi-Wan has and as Yoda has and as Luke has. But you're speaking about the book from a certain point of view and Obi-Wan still has to train to become a force ghost because exactly. we see him become a force ghost in The Empire Strikes Back. So one of the things that happened in a certain point of view was we get Palpatine's perspective after the Death Star had blown up and he gets word of Obi-Wan um, dying to Vader. And he was in the book sort of like has this weird dialogue for Palpatine. But basically what it uh, summarized is he was mostly surprised that Obi-Wan had said to Vader, if you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. Because he was like, what does that mean? I don't know about these. He didn't, Palpatine doesn't know about these force ghosts and he doesn't let Jedi have the ability to do this. So it sort of scared him and frightened him that Obi-Wan said this to Vader and then just let him kill him, which we still need to see Obi-Wan sort of train to become a force ghost. So yeah, because Yoda said, I, I can't believe we like we both completely forgot to mention this, but like Yoda says at the end of Revenge of the Sith, like you have to talk to Qui-Gon mm-hmm. to do training. So yeah. that's the biggest that's the biggest key indicator that Qui-Gon's going to show up. And Liam Neeson has um always talked about how he loves doing Star Wars. Like he he did the voice in the Clone Wars, which mm-hmm. was like one scene, and he came back for the Rise of Skywalker, so it's like I can't imagine that they would they would say, oh, we only want your voice acting for the Kenobi show. They're like, no, we want you to be in the physical form. Oh, yeah, he'll he'll be he'll be in he'll be in physical form. People will lose. I mean, we'll lose them. We'll lose our minds. I'll lose my mind. Well, even more with the physical form in the Clone Wars, we find out that prior to the Phantom Menace that Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon before they start off in the Phantom Menace with their storyline, they spent some time on Mandalore. And they're protecting the Duchess Satine, who was Obi-Wan's like only really love interest in the whole Star Wars canon. So, I mean, maybe we could get like a little flashback back to that as well, because you and I both think that this whole show is going to be revolving a lot around Obi-Wan's PTSD and Qui-Gon. He watched Qui-Gon die. He watched the love of his life, Satine, die. He basically watched his Padawan die and become like resurrected as like a monster as Vader. So it's like. I I wouldn't be surprised if they did a flashback back to Mandalore with Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon. It's a bit of a stretch, but I would be super excited to see them like sort of do some sort of de-aging and show them protecting Satine on Mandalore. Well, yeah, defining key a, a defining characteristic of Obi-Wan's life is loss. Like everything everyone he's loved has basically died in front of his eyes. Mm-hmm. So he's not going to just be like like he'll be obviously he's gonna like miss Satine as well, so it'd be cool if she showed up. Um, We've never seen her in live action either, so it no. it would be cool to see. I mean, I think yeah, people have talked about like Clay, Kate Blanchett. Yeah, yeah, she'd be really good. That's a she, good fan cast. As she, yeah. she hasn't been confirmed, has she? 
no, 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 no. They, I, I think they, they've avoided like talking about at least the bigger names because Hayden was kept under wraps for, he wasn't announced until they made an Uh, official announcement about this show and at the shareholders meeting. Yeah. Yeah. And Liam Neeson is obviously going to be in this in some way. So they're keeping him under wraps, but another appearance that I think actually is going to happen in this is Yoda because him, Yoda and Obi-Wan are technically like only like the main Jedi who still really are left, but there's a couple Jedi who still survived order 66, but from the star Wars movies, Yoda and Obi-Wan are like the two of the head honchos from remaining from the Jedi council. And Kathleen Kennedy said that this is going to be the rematch of the century. So if Obi-Wan has to go confront Vader, which I can't imagine they'd confront on Tatooine because that puts Luke, that puts Luke at too much of a risk. I feel like Obi-Wan has to be in contact with Yoda somehow to be like, I need to leave Tatooine to go confront Vader. He might. Um, honestly, on this list of cameos we have, I think this is, I think Satine is the least likely. Mm-hmm. But I, I think agree. Yoda is the next, oh, I don't know. I think Yoda is the next least likely. Uh, I don't know. I I go back and forth between the next character on the list, but because he could go talk to Yoda and be like, I need to confront Vader again, but I could, I mean, like he could go ask him that, but like at that point, Yoda's gonna be like, why are you here right now? You have a kid to be protecting. It's like, wait, wait, wait. And oh, okay. The more I'm talking about this, the more I'm kind of seeing what you're saying. Well, they don't have to, he like, Obi-Wan doesn't have to go to Dagobah to speak with him. Like they could like connect through the force somehow if, there's a way to do that, or they could do hologram. I don't like think, that. bro. Have you seen Dagobah? You think Yoda's got a computer in that hut, that mud little mud hut? Well, then Yoda's powerful <laughs> enough to like set like some mind connection between him and Obi Wan. I we'll feel like, out. I mean, I I don't know. Yoda's wise enough and powerful enough to know that if Obi Wan leaves Luke, I feel like so. I I feel like if this does happen it's when when they fight it's not going to happen on Tatooine and Obi-Wan has to have a good reason to leave Luke yeah. and leave him vulnerable so I feel like he has to speak to Yoda about it yeah where do you and, think the confrontation is going to take place with Yoda or um, Obi-Wan and Vader I've been thinking about this recently because I can only imagine it on the Death Star but I know it's not on the Death Star no it can't do you be think it's going to be in the Jedi Temple on Coruscant I think so. This is just immediate reactions. What I'm thinking of right now, Coruscant Temple is probably the first one. Second one might be Naboo. And the <sighs> Ooh, that's a good one. Naboo, would, I think, would be because that's the first time they met each other. So Dude, think, hold up. Before you say this next one, imagine Vader visiting Padme's tomb and Obi-Wan in the showing up in the back. Like it's like, like the you same. pan over the show, like, standing like as he does. Dude, I'm getting chills right now talking about this yeah. right now and him saying it's like, look what you've become. Oh my God, bro. I'm getting chills thinking about what this right now. What we're saying with the shot with Obi-Wan is in Revenge of the Sith, there's that amazing shot of Obi-Wan standing on the ship in Mustafar where he's like up the ramp and he's looking down at Anakin. You and I, I get so emotional looking at that scene because I, like, uh... it makes me so, it just makes me so sad because I'm like, I know it's about to happen and it pains Obi-Wan so much to do this and you see how the mighty fall. It's just... I know exactly where Obi Wan's just standing there, like with like his hands. We got to do it. We got to do a clip out of this for our TikTok page. We do at the Legionnaire Pod on TikTok. But 
Yeah, I think Naboo would probably. I, I think I that's the number Coruscant one. Temple. Yeah, I think I think after what you said, I think that's number one. Yeah, the, it'd be. It might be on a completely new location too, but then I think the third, I just out of the locations that we currently know, I think Naboo, Coruscant, Jedi Temple, and then maybe Mustafar again, but I couldn't see that happening. Mm, yeah, mm, it could, it could, because Vader's castle is probably around at this point. Oh no, it definitely because it definitely is, but I I don't know when that Vader VR game takes place because that's canon as well. So yeah. Those are the three places I think if they confront one another, but it it can't be on Tatooine. No, I yeah, I don't think it's on Tatooine because like that that like he's too that would raise way too many questions because then he's like, why don't I check out my old home? Oh, wait, my son is here with my brother in law. Yeah, but not his brother, step step brother, half for the. We already talked about Luke Skywalker as a cameo in this, so but. Who do you think the last cameo would be in the show? Um, if any. I, I think I strongly believe Ahsoka will make a cameo because I think they're going to be flashbacks to the Clone Wars. Just because like Obi-Wan remembering the good times with Anakin and I think Ahsoka will just show up in one of them. Like Maybe she's in a background shot. I bet she'll have her speaking role because Rosario Dawson is filming the Ahsoka series probably pretty soon here. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's around. Um, so I I think she'll show up in which I think it would be cool. Like a Clone Wars flashback. We get to see Hayden Christensen and Ewan McGregor in like Anakin and Obi-Wan's like Clone Wars like armor. Yeah. Because for those who don't know, in the Clone Wars TV show, Obi-Wan and Anakin have like this sort of like cl- like military Jedi armor that they wear. It's... But we don't ever see him wear it in the movies. But it'd be pretty, pretty cool to see it in live action. There was like something on Reddit floating around of like a drawing or like an artist rendition of... Hayden Christensen and Ewan McGregor in like mm-hmm. the armor. And it looked really cool. It did. Well, in Battlefront 2, like this is just what I call their outfits, but it's called General Skywalker and General Kenobi because of like how militaristic their outfits look. And then once they switch to their robes, it's just called Jedi robes. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I, I'd be happy to see Ahsoka in it as well. I, I feel like all most of these Disney Plus shows are filming close to the same time. I think this Obi-Wan show is supposed to come out. It's supposed to come out next year, but I, I've you and I have said this to each other multiple times. Take as much time as you need. If they need yeah. to take another 10 years on this show to mean it's like a 10 out of 10, 11 out of 10 TV show, I'm fine with that. I'd rather they like I this is the one show I do not want them to screw up at all. Yeah, if I had to wait and see no Star Wars content for the next five years, just to get a good Obi-Wan show, I would say yes to that. And like, oh, yeah. some people like, oh, yeah. like, it's like, Bad Batch is great. All like Mandalorian's good. They're all great. But like, if the Obi-Wan show doesn't land, oh, that's going to, I, that's going to sting. That's going to sting that was, a lot. That's going to sting. Cause then I'm going to be like, well, I don't want to like, they screwed up my favorite. They Like Obi-Wan's my favorite, like our favorite. I think he's your favorite character. As oh well, yeah. I believe. He's yeah. He's our favorite character. So like, if you screw that up, I, I, I okay. But I don't think they're going to screw it up because Deborah Chow is directing. I think the entire series and mm-hmm. she directed episode three in season one of the Mandalorian and episode seven, which are the two best episodes in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Ch- of season episode, one. Of season one. Yes. Of, I think those are the two best episodes because in, episode three of Mando. That's like when Mando goes full, like Batman begins and like steals Batgirl goo from Dr. Pershing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and and then it's episode or episode, episode seven, seven is when they like they're trying to get Grogu back and like they give um um oh I'm blanking on his name the Ugna. Carl Weathers not oh no. Queel Queel they give Queel Grogu and then he gets he dies oh R- rip Queel yeah but Almost that's when not. they bring they br- introduce force healing in that episode as well too yeah exactly <laughs> so this is how it happens. <laughs> Oh yeah. Wait, what's his name? Even grief. I just know Carl Weathers. We just call him Carl Weathers. But yeah, that's how Carl Weathers died. He didn't die, but so this is how it happens. This is how the Batman died. <laughs> but yeah, I I have a lot of confidence in Deborah Chow. I also think isn't Dave Dave's an executive producer for like oh, all he, the Disney yeah. Plus shows, but I think this might be one of the shows that like this is a very heavy hand in. Yeah, I think there's two there's two shows that he's gonna have like a major hand in, and one of them you're gonna talk about later. But mm-hmm. yeah, we're both. I, it's the Obi Wan Kenobi show. It's Obi Wan. Do, do we even need to, it, after we just explained everything? Do we even need to say anything else? Though, even like it? without explaining anything, how are you not excited for an Obi Wan show? Well, yeah, screw you, Dad, because I told him that Vader and Anakin were gonna Vader and Vader and Obi Wan were gonna fight again, and he was like, they already did that once. And I heard that and I was like, nope, I'm not talking. No, to you. listen. Stop. You don't listen, get it. Dad. Yeah, listen, Dad. I don't think he understood that they were going to be fighting as Darth Vader, Machine, and Obi-Wan, older Jedi, sort of. But he's going to be mad. He's going to text us when he hears it. And he's like, hey, hey, I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> but that's, you, our, that's our combined number one favorite show. You have two other ones and then I have two other ones, which we can just alternate. I mean, yeah. Do you so want to go first? Your, no, I'll let you go first. What is your most second most excited show for in Disney Plus for Star So the show I am second most excited for is actually some something like nobody's really talking about. Um, it is the Acolyte. Um, so this show is described as it's at the end of the High Republic era. So for those who don't know, like I'm a huge High Republic fan. Will's halfway through the first book or a little bit over halfway. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really, really good book. Talking about like, so so the High Republic takes place, I believe, a few hundred years, 200 years. It ends like 200 years before The Phantom Menace. Okay, yeah. So this movie takes place around 200 years before The Phantom Menace. And so it involves Jedi we've never seen before besides Yoda. Yoda will probably make an appearance. Um, But it's from the thing that is the most intriguing about this show is it is from the point of view of the bad guys and what really like because like we've never seen like a, a star wars show from the bad guys perspective every time like a bad guy is involved in the star wars they always turn to the good side and mm-hmm. it drives me up a wall because it's like just let the bad guys be bad just once i understand like star wars is for kids it's like yeah but all the kids you like it's like this is the acolyte like this like is of all of the shows announced this is like the darkest like sounding show um but it's it's bananas that like they're they're making their like this is a this is a risk show because the high republic Mm -hmm. is something that has not been on screen at all nobody knows anything of like nobody like any if you said this to any like general person like they'd be like what's what's the high republic is that like what is that is that uh they they wouldn't understand what it is yeah because well i was gonna say we got the first high republic book but this is our first live action media of the high republic so and it's taking place at the end of it which i mean 
is a little goofy that it's taking place at the end of when the High Republic is, but yeah, just to sort of fill in. Exactly. So in the because it, it says like the the show will focus on the emergence of the dark side powers in the final days of the High Republic era. So this could be this could be taken in multiple different directions. I think the likelihood of cameos. I there's the the only cameo of any character that we know is gonna it's gonna be Yoda. Yoda will. I think Yoda will has a likely possibility of showing up in the show because Yoda's like 900 years old by when he dies, so he's he's alive during the timeline. Um, the character I think it will I th- likelihood is it's going to be a character we haven't met yet. Who I wish it is. I hope it's something like Darth Revan or Darth Bane. Um, Darth Revan is Revan has a really interesting story. I don't know Revan's story that well. I don't either. It's I know he was a Jedi and then he became a Sith Lord, something or another. Yeah, he hasn't officially been made canon yet. Darth Bane has been made canon, yes. but we're still sort of waiting on Revan because he was pretty big in Star Wars Legends. And then Disney did like the whole clean slate thing, which, again, makes sense from a storytelling perspective, makes it easier and everyone's all angry because like we want Darth Revan, but it's like he's gonna I, show up. Calm down. Yeah, I I can't imagine that they won't use like a fan favorite. And exactly. Yeah, I because you were talking about dark side perspective. I it'd be cool because I mean we get sort of a light side switch from the to the dark side with Anakin, but I honestly his is a bit more abrupt. And Revan started out as a Jedi, I think, and he switches to the dark side. So I think. It'd be cool if we got to see him in this series sort of do that flip because I think they could make it more compelling throughout a series and give it more time to like develop. So I, cause they did sort of uh, they tried do- making a campaign in battlefront two with starting out as the empire when the death, the second death star blows up and trying to keep the empire intact. And of course the person, the main character from that uh, campaign switches to the light side. So it's like, uh, I want to have someone like actually stay on the dark side. Yeah, it's it's something that's like it's it's I don't know. They always do it and it gets annoying. But the other character I think I hope is either a main focus or like a part of the show is Darth Bane. And for those who don't, I feel like we have to get a shirt that says for those who don't know, because I feel like we say that all the time. So for those who don't know. Darth Bane um, is the creator of the rule of two. And if you don't know what the rule of two is, so the in legends, I read there's a Darth Bane trilogy. And so the Sith were at war with the Jedi, but the Sith could never get the upper hand on the Jedi because they were always like concerned with power and killing them. Like they're fighting each other for their own power. So like they were never strong enough to fight the Jedi because they were always fighting amongst themselves amongst themselves. So Darth Bane was like, we only need like there should only be two set. There should be a master and apprentice, a, men- a master to like teach the power and like get like have the power and for an apprentice to crave that power. So D- Darth Bane, like he makes this Sith bomb and he kills all of the Sith and he just and then it's just him. He is the only Sith Lord in the galaxy and he finds an apprentice and he trains her yada yada yada. And I think she kills him at the end. I can't remember. I read it a very long time ago. Um. I hope I really hope he makes an appearance because he's a very, very, very important character in the Star Wars canon. Mm-hmm. I think if done right, he could be a great addition. 
likelihood is I think it's going to be a character we haven't seen before, but I really hope it's Darth Bane. Have you, did you read the Darth Bane books? I did not. I haven't read a lot of things that are legends, but I haven't either. I read a few, I guess I read a few back in like elementary school. Cause they had like the legend, they, they, like star Wars books and I read them. But For those who don't know legends is, um, everything prior to Disney buying star Wars, and they're all officially listed as legends now when you buy it, which means it's not taking place in the Star Wars canon. And by Star Wars canon, we mean this current Star Wars timeline. So like if something is says legends, it doesn't it's not actually in the current Star Wars, like episode one through nine. It doesn't mm-hmm. fit at all in that. So when Cal's referring to the Darth Bane trilogy being legends. It's not official. It's not official in this new Disney star Wars that is being made right now, but yeah. So that was your number one or second show that you're most excited for my second show that I'm most excited for. You sort of mentioned it earlier, but I am really, really, really excited for star Wars visions, which you mentioned how Star Wars Visions is similar to Galaxy of Adventures on the YouTube's kid the YouTube Kids channel for Star Wars. And it's basically from what I know about the show, they haven't talked much about it, but it's gonna be 10 anime short films made by Japanese anime studios. And the sort of animation style that is for Galaxy of Adventures is like very anime-esque, and I don't watch a whole lot of anime i mean if you want to say invincible is anime then you can say that i watch cartoons but the art style that they do for the galaxy of adventures if you haven't watched it just go to youtube and type in galaxy of adventures obi-wan kenobi because one. it's the best one and just the it's 2d art animation style but the way that they do it the characters just look so great and it's i love the 3d animation that they have for it but i just love the fact that it's 2d because 2d animation if it's at its prime you can't beat it and i think the fact that they're like using japanese uh they're sort of like outsourcing to japanese anime studios to have them do this makes me really really excited but the 10 anime short films are also anthology stories, which means they're like sort of their own thing. So I don't know exactly what their stories are going to be because they're called short films. So I don't, is it going to be like 10 minutes? Is it going to be 20 minutes or I don't know, which it just makes me really excited because I love the galaxy of adventures just because it makes me feel like a kid. And I love the art style that they use for it. So when I saw that they're making like, 10 anime short films for star wars i was i was incredibly excited to say the least it says it's supposed to come out on disney according to wikipedia comes out this year it's supposed to come out this year and we haven't heard anything about it yet so well so with that's what makes it nice because because of covid it's diff it's more difficult to sort of film they have to sort of jump through different hoops but with it being anime it's kind of easier because you can do it from home you just have to hand draw out i'm assuming that this is two-dimensional uh anime so you just have to like draw out the pictures and then animate them from there so i i do see this show coming out later this year sort of but I don't exactly know when I do think it'll be prior to when the book of Boba Fett comes out in December and prior to if season three Amando comes out this December as well. 
I think Mando's coming out next year. Yeah, I haven't heard anything about it. I there hasn't been any confirmation if they started filming. They may have because they didn't really confirm when season two started filming. So I don't know, but I'm I'm really really excited for Star Wars Visions, and it comes out this year. So I wouldn't be surprised if it came out shortly after the Bad Batch ended. Yeah, um, yeah, the, I'm, I'm I'm excited for that too. Visions get really cool. You and I both love the Galaxy of Adventures animation. Yeah, There's... people like don't sleep on that. Like people are like, oh, it's a, it's it's a stars for kids. It's like, dude, like it's really really cool. Yeah, I, there's like the two best ones. It's like the Obi Wan Kenobi one and the light side versus the dark side mm-hmm. one. Those two are just and there's so many other great ones. They they did a whole uh empire strikes back 40th anniversary they did like all the main events and there was like four or five minute like Mm -hmm. and then they condensed it all into one but and it was maybe 10 15 minutes long and it was great darth vader is like straight up terrifying oh because he is like actually like terrifying in these like you're like like this dude's scary because he's so big and like they make his shoulders broader and like they make him look more menacing, which is great because I mean, with anime, you can sort of, um, what's the word exaggerate features. Yeah. You can sort of exaggerate them a little bit be- to make them look more like menacing or more heroic in different ways that you can't do with live action. So I'm, I'm super, super hyped to see it. Yeah. Um, Okay, so sounds like you're done. <laughs> I am. Um, all right, yeah. So <clears throat> my third most anticipated show is the Ahsoka show. Um, now, I say this, and I, I'm a, I'm also a little hesitant to say it because I like Ahsoka. You and I love Ahsoka. I like, but I I like her role in the Clone Wars, but I don't like Rebels. Mm-hmm. And from what it sounds like is that this show, I, it's not like I don't like, it's just, I'm not a fan of rebels. I, it's not something I watch. I, I would choose to watch at all. Yeah. But it's, it sounds like this show is a continuation of rebels. And at the end of rebels, um, the main character Ezra, like goes like gets sucked into the unknown regions with grand Admiral Thrawn on space whales. I don't understand why. Yeah, this- I don't, I, yeah. yeah, these space whales can travel at hyper at light speed and they take them in a star destroyer with Thrawn. Yeah, it doesn't. I'm I don't understand the space whales thing. Yeah. Um, I'd have to do some research on that. It sounds really dumb, but it, they are in the unknown regions, which they've talked about in the sequel trilogy. OK, y- yeah, so they're out there. So but I'm really excited. So I, I said the name, but I am beyond excited to see live action grand admiral thrawn and mm-hmm. we get a, a reference to his name in the mandalorian when ahsoka's fighting um morgan um what's her name the the, the chick in the episode of mandalorian like they have the on the forest planet of oh the magistrate yeah the magistrate yeah so they're fight she's fighting the magistrate where's your master where's grand admiral thrawn and i just lost my mind when that and everybody mm-hmm. was watching it with they're like who is that i'm like this dude is so cool. I've read the first. Oh, we two watched books. that one together. 
Oh, we did watch that one. That was at Thanksgiving because we didn't know who because we were like, where is your master? And we were like, who is this person's master? We didn't know who they were talking about. And then she finally said, where is Grand Admiral Thrawn? You and I are both like, what? Uh, Yeah, because I watched it again with her. It's like, who is that? I'm like, oh, guys are dumb. (laughs) Dumb. You don't understand. But uh, um, yeah, Grand Admiral Thrawn is he have you you haven't seen him in live action he was a huge character in star wars legends like in the like in star wars legends like in the movie or the books that came out after return of the jedi grand admiral thrawn was like the main antagonist he's like a brilliant like military tactician he's technically he's like a blue he's as like blue skin dude red eyes he's tech, he's from the chiss ascendancy which is a um planet from the unknown regions um I read the first two books in his trilogy. I did not read the third one. I just don't know why I really like the first two. He's a brilliant dude. And his like his reason for joining the empire is really interesting because like he joins to like strength. He, well, he, jo- he tried to join the, Re- no, he didn't join the Republic because there was a, they were at war with the separatists, but then he joins the empire to like strengthen ties. And like, in case of his people need like an ally, the empire will be there, but like his main goal is to like be with his people mm-hmm. like of the Chiss. So I think grand Admiral Thrawn is a lock for this show. He has to show up. I'm really excited to see him. Well, it's not even a question because if she's looking for the As magistrate's well. master, grand Admiral Thrawn, it's like, it's not even a question then. Yeah. And I think because like people are like, who's going to be cast as grand Admiral Thrawn? We're sorry, like sorry, this Ahsoka show. Like, I'm I'm excited for this Ahsoka show mainly because of Grand Admiral Thrawn. But, um, I think Ahsoka's already had so much great character development where it's like you can do more, but it's not really going to affect how I feel about her. Like, you can do more that it's not going to affect. It's not going to make me think any less of her. You can do that'll you can do more that'll make me think more of her. But there's so much that's happened with her in the Clone Wars that like you can ignore stuff that you don't like. Yeah, yeah, um. But yeah, so people are wondering who's going to be cast as Grand Admiral Thrawn. A lot of people like Benedict. Like, I swear to God, anytime like any movie villain is announced, everybody like fan casts Benedict Cumberbatch as a villain. They're yeah. like, it's going to be Benedict Cumberbatch. It's like, okay, to be yes. fair, he would play a great Thrawn because he did a really good job of Sherlock and Sherlock and like Thrawn and Sherlock are like well, cut from the same cloth. Not even Sherlock. Con? Con. Yeah. <laughs> I was <laughs> waiting to see if you knew. Yeah. Khan Nunyan Singh. Sing. But um Benedict Cumberbatch confirmed that he had no interest in playing Thrawn. Oh. Well. He had said he's like, I don't he said something how he was already focused on doing the Marvel movies as Doctor Strange and he had no interest in covering himself in blue makeup. Well, that's very egotistical of you, Benedict. <laughs> if I am being frank. But regardless, you missed out on one of the roles of a life. You, dude, who turns out a role in Star Wars? I don't think he was offered the role, but I think people had said to him. Now he may be lying, but who's not interested to be? A, I, don't, I don't. That just blows my mind. Yeah. What I mean, whatever. Listen, not everybody's as smart as you and I. But <laughs> regardless, who do you want to play Thrawn? I think. Who do I want to play Thrawn? I think Michael Fassbender would be a very, very cool Thrawn. He would be. I don't think they're going to cast him because people are, I mean, I want him to show up in the MCU as Magneto, which I don't think they'll do, but they should. 
but um, I think they're going to cast Lars Mikkelsen, um, who's Mads Mikkelsen's brother. Lars Mikkelsen voices him in Rebels. So, <coughs> excuse me. I think he'll probably I because they've uh, they might they might not because they didn't cast um, Ashley Eckstein as Ahsoka. She's Ashley Eckstein is the voice actor actress for um, Ahsoka. Ahsoka and, yeah, Ahsoka Tano in the Clone Wars and Rebels. I think Lars Mikkelsen, he, he looks like he could be Thrawn, but I think my personal favorite, I think Michael Fassbender would be a very good Thrawn. Yeah. But otherwise, I mean, there are other characters who are going to show up. Obviously, Ezra's going to show up. Probably Hera and whoever else. Bo-Katan well, might show up. Yeah, so Mandalorian's Bo-Katan. She, I don't think she's like the main Mandalorian who show up. I think another character from Rebels, Sabine Wren, will probably show mm-hmm. up. And she had like, <laughs> colorful mando armor and i think she had some like colorful hair too yeah but it would, you and i weren't the biggest rebels fans but rebels had ended where ahsoka and sabine were like ezra's out there and we gotta find him so and rebels ended like a year or two after um a year or two after the second death star blew up so and mando season two took place six years after mm-hmm. the second death star blew up so It'll fit in the timeline. Yeah. Sorry, Rebels fans. We're not like really like up to date. Like it has its, its moments. Story. You guys have your moments with Twilight of the Apprentice and um, I don't know what the episode is where mm-hmm. Obi-Wan fights Maul. Something. Twin Sons. Twin Sons. And then The World Between Worlds. That's a really cool. That, we'll talk that, about The World Between Worlds at some point. That's a really cool concept. It is. It's a. It's, it's dangerous. A, it's a dangerous concept, but the way that they did it was very well. Yes. But, and then Kanan is pretty goaded, so. Ah, I forgot to put him in my top 10 Jedi list. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't have him in there either, so. Yeah. Oh, well. Caleb Doom. <laughs> Caleb. Master. Reinforcements are on the, is it Dune or Doom? Dune. Dune. Okay, regard. Master. Reinforcements are on the way. Aren't you I like saw an 10? audio. I saw an audio dub where someone like this, it's not just us who think this. Someone on YouTube like redid his voice to make it sound like a kid because they were like, "Yeah, his voice should not be this low as a ten-year-old." <laughs> thank God. Yeah, because I saw another podcast. People were like his voice threw me off. I'm like, thank God it wasn't just us. Yeah. <laughs> but so yeah, so Ahsoka is my th- number three because of yeah, what's wrong. <laughs> You're excited for Ahsoka, mostly for Thrawn. I'm excited for Ahsoka because I I I'm not going to compl- complain about seeing more Ahsoka, and I am excited to see Thrawn as well. But it's also a limited series as well, which makes me happy because with their limited series, like they they're not going to just drag it on for multiple seasons. Because that's one of my fears with some of these main characters in Star Wars. Because the Obi Wan show, like it does not need to be more than one season long because sometimes too much of some, yeah, less is more too much of something can be like not a good thing. So especially with Ahsoka, I, how I'd said they've already done so much for her that like, can't make me think less of her. I also don't want to be just worn out of her though as well. Exactly. Because I, they can make 10 seasons of the Ahsoka show. And I'll still love her from the Clone Wars, but like there'll come a point where I'm just worn out of Ahsoka. So limited series, I think, is a smart move for that show as well. But that was your third show that you're most excited for. Mine is the Andor show. Wow. It's a bit of a bold, bit of a bold pick. 
Not really. Not really. Well, I think from the list, it's a solid pick. You know how much there's one thing in Rogue One that I love more than anything else. It's like, I mean, it's cool. Like, it's really cool. It's a really cool concept. But like you like the the level of which you love this thing, which we're about to reveal, like is just like it's you're the only person like I've ever met. That, I know like, there's one person this. out there. There's one person out there who's going to agree with me on this, but who is it? I don't know, but there's someone oh. out there who agrees with me, but I mean, it's cool. It's a cool concept, but like, you're just like, uh, we should just say what it is right now. <laughs> I really hope we get to see more of the ring of Catherine. <laughs> for those so of you who don't, don't, don't yeah. know, <laughs> for those of you who don't know what the ring of Catherine is in rogue one, we, the first time we meet and uh, Cassian Andor is on the Ring of Caffrain, and it's the city that's sort of being held together by two asteroids that like has gravity wells on like both sides of it, so people can stand on like one part of the asteroid and then the other part of the asteroid. I just think it was so cool because when I first saw the Rogue One movie. I saw the Ring of Caffrain. I was like, that's stupid. That can't be in Star Wars. And then I thought about it. And I was like, wait a second. Why can't that be in Star Wars? That's like one of the most creative things I've seen for a planet slash trade because it's a trading outpost. But I was like, that's, that's such a cool concept. And uh, I just love it so much. I don't know why, but there's something about the Ring of Caffrain that I love. And I really, really, really hope we get to see more of it in this show. Yeah, I said I texted you like a few months ago. I was, I was watching Rogue One, and you're like, "I'm like, yeah, I'm watching Rogue One." Well, and you're just like, "I really love the Ring of Caffrine. dude." It, there's something about it. The music that plays with it too, well, like they cut to it. Da 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 da. Yeah, it's like da 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 da. Uh, I huge fan of it. But outside of just the Ring of Caffrine, um, we were supposed to get K2SO in the first season, but. Alan Tudyk, the actor who did the mocap for him and the voice, confirmed that he was not going to be in season one. So it leads me to believe that there might be a season two. It hasn't been confirmed, but I bet there was. I think this this is a show that they could make a couple seasons out of it because I mean, like Andor, he didn't get all of the character development in Rogue One, but there's stuff that they can do with him where they can make it multiple seasons because there's so little that we know about him and the time period that it's taking place. And I feel like is one of the lesser developed stories, storylines. So it's cool because in rogue one, we see him turn from sort of a hard rebel into like a lenient realizing that the rebellion isn't all what it's said to be. Like you do some pretty dark things for the rebellion. So the show is taking place before that because we see him die in Rogue One. So I think we're going to see more of hardened Cassian Andor and sort of see like the difficult decisions that he makes and the sacrifices that he makes for the rebellion, which I think is going to be really cool. And I think they can do a lot of development in more than just one season. I think this I think season one is 13 episodes, maybe. Yeah, sounds about right. I think it was I have no clothes. So it just sounds like a good number to me. No, yeah, but I mean, there's there's so much that they can do with this timeline because the actress who played Mon Mothma is confirmed for this as well. She was actually confirmed, so I am really hoping we get to see more of the rebellion forming because we sort of get like mentions of it with Saw Gerrera 
in the bad batch where he's like something's forming something new and he's telling hunter to join them but with mon mothma she left the galactic senate to form the rebellion so i mean there's stuff that you can do with her character that you can still like provide a little character development do you think we'll see her in the senate i honestly think we might i don't know exactly when this show is taking place but there's a lot of things that they can do for it um She's already confirmed, and I mentioned how Saw Gerrera talked about the Rebellion forming in the Bad Batch. I think he'll probably show up in this show as well because, again, in Rogue One, they sort of have this weird tension between the Rebellion and Saw Gerrera's extremist group that he has on Jetta. Were you about to say extremist, like from Iron Man 3? Yeah. Whoops. <laughs> I can't... I'm having a hard time right now speaking. Yeah. But... I do think we'll see Saw Gerrera. Um, another character that I really hope we get to see, fingers crossed, is Director Krennic. I really think that uh, Ben, his name's Ben Mendelsohn, right? Yeah, the actor who played him. Yeah, he, Big Benny. He's a phenomenal actor. He was great in the show Bloodline. I loved him. Danny Nobody's Rayburn. seen Blood. Like Everybody I talked to has not seen Bloodline. I highly recommend you watch Bloodline. The first season is fantastic the next two are kind of dragged out but i still mainly mainly turns into one of the brothers becoming addicted to coke and an alcoholic screwing things up for the family (laughs) but ben mendelson is in that show and he plays um sort of like the antagonist of the series but i really really hope that we get to see sort of him play the antagonist as well in the andor series because he's a great actor and I feel like it'd kind of be wasted on him not having more of a role because he could, if he, if he did not play director Krennic, I could see him playing Thrawn. Oh yeah. So uh, that's, I could see could. him doing it because he has that intensity and he has sort of like that cold calculatedness that he's done before, which I think could make him really good. So I, I just don't want him to be wasted I really hope that he shows up in the series. I don't really know like who the main antagonist of the show is going to be besides of course the empire, but yeah. But then the last person who I really, really, really hope appears in this show, Bail Organa. Oh, Jimmy Smith's dude. Bail Organa is, he's a legend. He's a legend to you and I. <laughs> we just have this weird obsession with with like Bale. minor like weird like minor characters like people have obsessions with like everybody's like Dexter Jetster from Attack of the Clones They're like oh Dexter and you and I are like screw that I want to hear more about Bale. <laughs> I mean I didn't know I maybe I knew but I don't think I knew that he was going to show up in Rogue One so I saw him and I was like. <laughs> It's Bail Organa. I love him. And when he goes to the Jedi Temple uh, in Revenge of the Sith, and he's like, what's going on here? There's been a rebellion, sir. Don't worry. The situation's under control. I'm sorry, sir. It's time for you to leave. And so it is. <laughs> oh, I love Bail. And he has adopted Leia at this point. So there's like some stuff that they can do with her. Leia may be like fairly older. She might be like 10 years old, maybe, if this show takes place 10 years later. Little minor so, cameo. Yeah, she could show up as well in it, but I, we could even see Bale's wife. I mean, we never see anything with her, so yeah, we she see her dies on Alderaan. 
<laughs> she she gets blown to smithereens. <laughs> yeah, she gets blown to smiths. She blown to smiths. Jimmy Smith. Um, but... What do you think is gonna happen in the end? Like, what do you think? Like, what do you the think the first is? season? Yeah, like because like because like Obi Wan, we know that. Um, yeah, we, in Obi Wan, we know he's gonna fight Vader at some point. In Ahsoka, it's building we know, up towards that. Yeah. yeah. And we know in Ahsoka that Ahsoka's got to find Ezra and Thrawn. Visions, it's a little different because like we don't really know. There's not a whole lot known about the project. Yeah. And Acolyte, we don't really. There's not a whole lot known about the project because there's not like a whole lot of existing material supporting it. But Andor has a lot of supporting material that c- can be used for it with like Rogue One and like A New Hope and Revenge of the Sith. So like, what do you think the end goal is for Andor? I. That's what I don't know because. I there's a lot of minor things that they can do, but uh, I feel like one of the last things that they can do is sort of find out that information about the Death Star being formed. Mm-hmm. Where like where uh he where it picks up at the Ring of Caffrain where he's meeting with the informant who knows about the planet killer. I feel like that's a way it could end because then it just mm-hmm. it leads directly right into his character into Rogue One. Yeah, which I feel like would be like one of the most logical and easiest things to do just from a storytelling perspective. I don't really know, though, because we still have to see him reprogram K2SO. And I mean, it's 13 episodes, at least for the first season. So, I mean, we can see him make these hard, difficult decisions. I don't remember who that other guy was that worked with Mon Mothma, who had General. Oh, 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 this is going to drive me up a wall. The, the the guy that we know the guy he's like you you don't uh, if you see Galen or so don't catch yeah. him kill him yeah um, he he was the guy in Rogue One who had confirmed he had said to Cassian he said if you find Galen or so kill him because they had been talking about bringing Galen back in Rogue One bringing him back to the rebellion and testifying to them about this planet killer but this guy had given Andor separate orders. General Draven. Draven, yep. Yeah, because I remember saying that General Draven's already sent um, mm-hmm. like a bombing squadron into Edu. So, but I, I think he'll probably show up in the show as well, actually, because, I mean, again, him, Mon Mothma, Bale, like you even saw Greer, like we see them at this point in the timeline. So, I mean, there's stuff to do. And in one of the trailers for Rogue One, we saw Sagrera bald, but then... I in Rogue One we see him with hair, so I, it was a reshoot. Yeah, that movie got really reshot. Yeah, like I, that's another one of those like release the Gareth um, Edwards cut. Yeah, release the Edwards cut, but yeah, because I mean, even in that movie, Krennic was supposed to be on the beach with Jin and Vader was Cassian. supposed to be on the beach too. This is, a, dude, we have so many episodes we can do. I think talking about what should have, what was like originally supposed to happen in Rogue One would be very interesting because Vader was also supposed to, I think Vader was supposed to kill a majority of that, that squad. We'll have to save that for a different time because we've been talking now for an hour and 40 minutes, but Andor is the show that I am <clears throat> most excited. The third, the third most show I'm excited for. Well, that's, I don't know. I, I had a lot of fun with this pie. I really, I really enjoyed this one. I think honestly, this is my favorite. Podcast you and I record. can talk about Star Wars forever, and yeah, we could talk about Obi Wan forever. Yeah, dude, you know what? I was just thinking, and like when we were talking about like cameos, we were talking about the Senate. Do you think she's going to show up in Obi Wan? 
it's it's possible. They've had Ian McDermott show up so many times. If Hayden is showing up in this show, that now that I think about it, he probably is talking with Palpatine as well. Exactly. Like, do you think? Because like, like the show isn't only. Do you think the show will only? We're going back to Obi Wan. Sorry, we're, like we said, we wanted to be done talking, but like, I still need like. I still these are running through my head. So do you think like it'll just be from Obi-Wan's point of view or do you think it's going to flip? I think it'll do sort of like yin and yang sort of thing with Obi-Wan mm-hmm. seeing the light side and then we flip to Anakin because I mean there's sort of two that is one at this point in the series yeah. because I mean once the original trilogy picks up we we follow Luke predominantly but I mean this is still like sort of that mix between prequel and original trilogy. It's becoming more original trilogy content but you could get that cool, like sort of yin and yang sort of thing with Anakin having flashbacks towards Padme, and you could have Obi Wan having flashbacks towards the Clone, the Clone Wars. Wars, and Obi Wan meeting with Qui Gon, and then Anakin meeting with Palpatine. Yeah, so i I wouldn't be surprised actually if Ian McDermott did show up because I mean, we don't see him in A New Hope; they only mention him. But I mean, in Empire Strikes Back, he gives them the hologram call, so it's possible. Regardless, a lot of potential. I had, yeah, I had to throw that out before we ended this because I was I like just dawned on me while we were talking about the Senate and stuff. I'm like, Palpatine yeah. has to like have some yeah. sort of a role in this. It'd be well, so same with the Yoda thing, where it'd be crazy to think that Obi Wan would leave Tatooine without saying something to Yoda, and it'd be crazy for Anakin to for Vader to fight Obi Wan or know of Obi Wan's existence and not say something to Palpatine. Yeah. So who knows? Well, at this point in the show, we would not, we were, were hoping to do Q and A, one or two Q and A, but uh, nobody sent us anything yet. Not yet, but they are listening, <laughs> so, which is always nice to see. Yeah, even if you don't have questions, just keep listening. Yeah. But um, where can they reach us, Will? Where where can they send us emails? Find us on social media. You can email us. Uh, our email is legionairepodcast at gmail and our Instagram and TikTok is Legionnaire Pod. You spell Legionnaire L E G I O N N A I R E. And if you have any questions or if you want to see what we post on social media, give us a follow. We do appreciate the people who are listening. It means a lot to us. Cal and I would not be doing this without you. It's we have a very, very we we care a lot about this stuff. We have a burning passion for these things, and we'd love to talk about it. Yeah, so we'd love to talk to you about it too. So we love that you guys are listening. It means a lot to us. I'm always looking every day on Anchor to see. I always refresh the page to see if a new person is listening, and I always get super excited to see it. So it means a yeah, lot well, to us. He texted me at one point during the day. He's like, "Dude, we have a listener from Portugal." <laughs> yeah, I. It, it makes me really like emotional and happy just to see that like people actually care about it. So thank you. If you did enjoy it, please share it with someone that you think would like it as well. And sound. <laughs>